and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. I had a message tonight that I, I was going to talk about, and it was just creating space for the Holy Spirit is kind of where I was going with it. And um, standing there tonight worshiping, I just felt impressed to go a whole different direction and to talk about the favor of God. The favor of God. Um, so a couple of, um, well, months ago, in August, I was at a conference, and I, I was at a conference with several other ministers, and I see this minister that I had never um, met before. I had heard of him, but I had never met him, and he was preaching. And I was sitting on the front row, and the Lord gave, uh, gave me a word for him. And so that night, uh, I was going to be communicating, and he was in the back room. And so before we left out, I kind of grabbed him and let other people exit, and the Lord gave me that word, and I I told it to him. Well, it was one of those things, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it's like, that was the Lord. And he knew it was the Lord, I knew it was the Lord, and whenever you have something like that happen, it creates a bond between you. Like there's just something, and we didn't know each other from Adam before this, but like after this, there was just a kindred spirit, like the Lord had kind of knit something. And so we exchanged numbers and we stayed in contact. Now this man is a prayer. There's some people who pray, but then there are prayers, like that's what they do. And we need more of that. And maybe God's calling some of you to be that, but we need that. And that's what this man is, is he's just a prayer. And he pastors, and he also moves a little bit in the prophetic, but man, he's a prayer. And so he texted me the other day, and he said, I've been praying for you. I'll just read the text to you. I tried to find it in my phone. Uh, but he texted me the other day. Ah, man, it went away. Let's see. Give me a second. I'll pull it up. And yeah. He said, hey, Joel, as I'm praying, I keep seeing your face and hearing the word favor, favor, greater favor than you have seen you're going to see. Um, And that resonated with me. Simple word, but it resonated in my heart. And I knew I needed to give uh, more attention to that. Now, anytime I have ever heard anyone pretty much that I know of Uh, talk about the favor of God, I've never enjoyed the way it was taught Um, because it turns into God giving you a better parking spot at Kroger. And um, I'm like, there's just so much more there Uh, that oftentimes when favor is taught, it's taught from a perspective of pleasure only. And it's not not designed for pleasure chiefly. It is part of it, and more on that in a minute. It's designed for purpose. The favor of God, when it comes upon you, takes you 
it accelerates you into the purpose God has for you. Um, when the favor of God comes on you, it opens up opportunities and resources. It opens up opportunities and it opens up resources. It opens up, when the favor of God comes on you, it opens up opportunities and it opens up resources that help you run your race and finish your course. God's got something for you to do on this planet. You're not just here to take up our oxygen. There's something you're to do. And the favor of God comes on you to help you do it. It brings across the people, it brings across the opportunities, and it brings across the resources you need to step up into what God has for you. Um, there's many examples of it, but one of the chief ones is Joseph. So let's go over there and look at it. Uh, the Bible mentions the favor of God being on Joseph's life throughout his life. Um, it was manifested, even his father saw it on him. Now, this is interesting. I, from my perspective, and I don't mean to judge, uh, but I will here nonetheless. Ha! Uh, I don't mean to judge, but when I look at how his father handled it, it provoked a lot of strife in the family. And so wisdom is justified by its fruit, and this did not produce good fruit. Um, it produced a lot of strife. But even his father, uh, Joseph's father, saw the favor of God on Joseph. And so that favor of God made him, and this is what the favor, one of the things the favor of God does, it made him stand out above the pack. And when, when he sees this on Joseph, he gives him, of course, the coat of many colors. And Joseph begins to dream dreams of what God had for his life. Now, this is where it all starts, because if you don't have that, there's no point in even knowing having the favor of God on you, because the favor of God is designed to help you produce the dream. If you don't have a dream, you need more time with your heavenly father. You, you need to put on the robe of righteousness. Because Joseph dreamed after he got that coat, and it's a type and shadow. The, the Old Testament reveals the new. Um, the, in the New Testament, you get a robe of righteousness. It is the proverbial coat of many colors. You get that from fellowship with the father. And the way you know it's on you is you're dreaming. You see who you could be with the eyes of the Spirit. And the Lord gives you dreams. Remember, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, and we just sang about it, like pour your spirit out, do a fresh thing, all those kinds of things. Well, how do you know God is? You're dreaming. What happened on the day of Pentecost? When the Holy Spirit was poured out, my, 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 my sons will dream. They'll dream. Old men will dream. Young men will have visions. They're seeing what God has for them. Uh, the Holy Spirit, his, his literal job description is to show you things to come. And so when you're fellowshipping with a loving Heavenly Father who's crowning you with his favor, and he's crowning you with the coat of many colors, the robe of righteousness, what is righteousness? You are loved because of Jesus. You are found worthy because of, you start dreaming. And the favor of God comes on your life to help you carry out the dream. And so in Joseph's life, you know this, his brothers hated him because the favor of God was on him. This is important. The world can't stand the favored ones. It doesn't matter. You, you'll see this happen in ministry. You'll see this happen in sports. You'll see this happen in everything. You let the favor of God get on someone and take somebody somewhere, the world will try to pull it down because the world hates the favored one. 
Uh, which is why you never want to judge people. Because oftentimes the very people you're judging are the very people who have God's favor on their life. Oh, come. I'm serious. They didn't, you don't get to some places just by yourself. There's an exaltation that comes from the Lord. And you need to be careful who you talk about. Um, and that type of thing. And so anyway, they didn't like the favor of God on Joseph. So you know the story. They stripped him of his coat, sold him into slavery. But the, the favor of God found him even in a low place. And we see this here in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 39 and verse number 2. Now the Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. That's interesting. The Lord was with Joseph, Genesis 39, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. That, that wouldn't be a bad little thing to look at occasionally. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master, watch this, saw that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. Question, can God be with you so strongly that if you put your hand to it, it prospers? That all I have to do to see it make progress is me work on it. That's what the prosperity in, in biblical terms is not a dollar amount. It just means um, that the thing you're putting your hand to is seeing progress. Progress, its root is from prosper. Uh, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. What that word prosper means is that your life is seeing progress. It's not stuck. You're not circling around the same mountain. You're making your way towards the promised land. And, and out of that, you're seeing the scenery is changing in your life. You're seeing progress. Things are advancing. They're moving forward. And so out of that, everything that Joseph is touching, it's, it's working and it's clicking. Well, why? Watch this. Verse uh, 4. So Joseph found favor in his sight. And he became his personal servant. So notice what the favor of God did. What did it do? It gave him what? An opportunity. The favor of God, because it's on him, opened up an opportunity that he could not open up for himself. Um, we're in a season, the Lord spoke this to me at the end of August. We're in the, coming into a season of the open door. Where there were things that before you tried to walk in, but even in trying to open the door yourself and turn the knob, it would not open. But in this new season, the door's just going to be open and you'll walk right in. You won't even have to turn the knob. Um, and so out of this, when the favor of God is on Joseph's life, it opened up a door for him to stand right there next to Potiphar. And Potiphar is a very strong man. The favor of God opens up opportunity. The favor of God opens up resources. The favor of God opens up uh, opportunities and positions and relationships. And it's opening up this opportunity. So Joseph found favor in his sight and made him his personal servant. And he made him overseer over all his house. So the favor of God opened up a promotion. Motion. Now, this is where these types of things get taken. It's like the favor of God is on my life. I'm going to be banking and making more money. And that's all it ta is taken as is the favor of God is done for pleasure. This was not just for pleasure. And don't get me wrong. God's interested in your pleasure because he's your father and he loves you. I'm interested in my kids' pleasure because I'm their father and I love them. I'm not a better father than God is. I wish the religious world would just get this in their head. I am not a better father than God is. Do I want my kids selfish? No. Do I want them ingrown? No. Do I want them only thinking about what they could get for Christmas and not thinking about giving and helping other people? No. Would I correct them if that's what they thought about? Yes. 
But at the same time, I'm thinking about what I want to bless them for, with because for no other reason than I'm their father. And so God is thinking about your pleasure, but that's not, and it's the same way with my kids, it is not his primary mode of thinking. He's thinking about their purpose, and he's thinking about your purpose. And so he's opening these things up in the life of Joseph because of the purpose Joseph has on his life that he wouldn't get to without God opening these things up. The favor of God is working in correlation with the dream and the purpose of God. And so this is, is at work in his life, and the Lord is blessing him with promotion. The Lord is, is blessing him with making him an overseer over all his house, and all that he owned he put in his charge. And it came about from the time that he made him overseer in his house, and over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on the account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owed in the house and in the field. Now, once again, what do you see? You see the enemy come after the favored one. Um, Joseph experienced the favor of God. It brought a resource into his life, the coat of many colors. The enemy came for it, stripped it off of him, threw him in a pit. It didn't stop the favor of God, though. In the pit, the favor of God opened up an opportunity for him to be second in command of a very powerful man, and everything that he's touched is prospering in his hands. But the enemy did what? He came for the favored one again. And so Potiphar's wife gets crazy. You know the whole story there. She wants to, to lay with Joseph. Joseph runs. He leaves once again. Something about this boy in coats. He leaves his coat in her, his, in her hand while she's trying to tear it off of him. And he's, he's running out, and she holds this up as like a sign that he tried to, to force himself on her. And he finds himself in prison. But even in prison, the prison, and, and this is what one of the things I feel like the Lord wants me to communicate to you is I don't care where you're starting at and where you're at right now. I don't care where you're at right now. The favor of God can take you from where you are at and bring you into your dream immediately. I don't care where you're at or where you're looking at right now. I don't care if you just lost your job. I don't care if you're at a place where you feel like you're broke. I, I, I don't feel if you're, you're looking at your life and it's a mess. Joseph was in a pit. It didn't matter with the favor of God on his life. He was in prison. It didn't matter with the favor of God on his life. We see even in prison, something happened. Watch here in verse number 19, Genesis 39 and 19. But when his master heard the words uh, of his wife, which she spoke to him, saying, This is what your slave did to me, his anger burned. So Joseph's master took him and put him into the jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the jail. But watch this. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended his kindness to him and gave him, watch this, favor. Now, who's giving him favor? The Lord, I heard the Lord very faintly. So let's read it again in verse number, verse number 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. Who gave Joseph favor? The Lord. Thank you, yes. So question, if the Lord is giving Joseph favor, could the Lord give you favor? Question, uh, and you don't, you don't have to answer this one verbally, but I want you to think about it. Could you have more favor on your life than you do right now? Yes, you could. 
And we're going to look at this scripturally in a minute. But you could have more favor on your life right now than you currently do. And what would the favor of God do for you if it came on your life? It will open up things for your purpose that you could not open up for yourself. Uh, preachers come up with these corny phrases, but like they, they nevertheless have deeply spiritual value to them as well. But you've probably heard this. You can write this down, even though it is corny. It, it does kind of illustrate a point that I feel like the Lord wants to make tonight. That one day of favor is worth a thousand days of labor. That what you could do in a thousand days in your own strength, one day of God's favor could do for you what you could only do for yourself with a thousand days of, God, of, of your labor. One day of God's favor is worth a thousand days of your labor. And here, Joseph is in prison, but he just gets in prison. And as soon as he's in prison, the, the, the chief of the prison is looking at Joseph and he's like, I like this guy. There's just something about him. And it just comes over him. You know what? I'm, I'm going to give him an opportunity. I'm going to give him a resource. What am I going to? I'm going to put him over the whole prison. And here you have a prisoner running the prison because of the favor of God that is on him. And you know the story. There's a butler and a baker that come in. They dream a dream. As soon as they dream a dream, Joseph interprets the dream. Pharaoh later dreams a dream. And the butler's standing there next to Pharaoh when he dreams the dream. And the Pharaoh's freaking out because he doesn't understand what the dream is. And the butler remembers, I know a guy who interprets dreams. And immediately, Joseph is put in a position of power. Now, what was it all for? The purpose that God had on Joseph's life was to save not only Egypt, but to save his family. A famine was about to hit the land that God saw, and he needed someone who was able to manage a nation. So God trained him in Potiphar's house. Then he trained him in a prison before he put him in a palace. Do not despise your prison. Do not despise Potiphar's house. God is training you with the little because he has something big. And if you are not faithful with the little, you will not qualify. Come on now. You will not qualify for the big. The favor of God was with Joseph in all of these situations, giving him opportunity. Some of you are looking and despising the very thing God's using to train you. And there's something there you need to learn. It's not just something that opened up as a job. It's an opportunity God has for you. There's something there you need to see. There's something there that you need to learn. There's something there that you need to understand. Uh, and so out of that, the favor of God is equipping Joseph with what he needs to run his race and finish his course. The favor of God is opening up opportunities and resources for him to stand all the way in Pharaoh's court to do something for God's strategic purpose. Now, out of this, it also opened up the door for, for Joseph to walk in something which was called Goshen, which was the best of the land of, e of Egypt. And so the favor of God, it, it, it's on your life for purpose, but it also puts you into a place where it brings your life into a well-watered area. And, and God's heart for you is for you to be fully supplied. God's heart for you is to have everything you need to run your race. His heart for you is peace and joy and love. And the favor of God can take you to those places. Uh, one of the things that I felt compelled to, to share tonight was something that we see in Joseph's life. And I just want you to look at this here in Joseph, uh, Joseph in Genesis 41 and verse number 51. Uh, towards the, the end of Joseph's story, 
uh, Joseph uh, starts a family and he names his sons something very interesting. And I feel like that this is what many of you are about to walk in. Those of you who are here and listening to this podcast. Genesis 41 and verse 51. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh for he said, God has made me forget. God has made me forget. God has made me forget all of my trouble and all of my father's household. And he named the second one Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. When the favor of God is on you, it makes you forget your trouble and it makes you fruitful in the place of your affliction. Come on, somebody. And when the favor of God is on you, it makes you forget your trouble and makes you fruitful in the land of your affliction. And I feel like many of you are about to walk through an open door of the favor of God, that the favor of God is going to come on you so strongly that it positions you in a place of opportunity that you walk through the open door. And when you do, it's the beginning of a new season. It's the end of the old. And when you walk through it, it's going to make you forget all the trouble of this past season and make you fruitful in the very land that afflicted you in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. That's the favor of God. And so out of that, um, this is what I know is God's favor. And so he said, you know, I see the favor of God coming on you in greater ways than you've seen before. And so in my life, when when I, I, I took that word in and began meditating it, I have just come out of a season where I've seen the favor of God. I'm seeing it corporately in my profession and then seeing it personally in my personal life of God doing for me what I never could do for myself. Like over the span of three years, we had multiple campuses given to us. Given to us. I didn't have to work for it. I didn't even have to ask anybody for it. It just fell into my lap, like literally fell into my lap. And immediately God's purposes were expanded and fulfilled. Resources, people. Um, I got staff out of it, like genuinely. Like churches given to us, but not just the church. Staffs with on the church. We got people, like not just the church, but the people in the church. Like just handed to us, given to us. In the middle of that, like it came obviously with that, you know, the churches that were given to us. We saw God like supernaturally come in and pay off all the debt, like every bit of it, where it was not any strain. And I'll just go ahead and tell you. So this year, we've already been able to give $2 million to world missions. Like exceedingly abundantly above anything I could ever ask or think. Uh, This is amazing. What is it? It's the favor of God. It's God beginning a new season of ministry and equipping me and you and the church with the things it needs to run its race and finish its course. God gave me a dream. I was praying in the spirit with my robe of righteousness on, looking out at the parking lot at Lakeland Drive, and God said quadruple, consisting of four parts. You will consist of four parts soon. And then out of that, God give me a vision in my backyard praying. Like I said, you got to spend time with your father. If you want a dream, spend time with your loving heavenly father. He'll give you a dream. Spending time out there just praying in the spirit. I have a vision, and in the vision, God tells me, you're going to need a building in Madison County. And then a building is given. And then, like, the story of how Poindexter started and the story of how this started, all of it was just given, and immediately, in a matter of a year and a half, it was accelerated and open door. We didn't have to open it. We didn't have to knock on it. We just had to walk through it when it opened. 
What is that? It's the favor of God. Personally, we lived in the same house for 14 years. My wife always said, someone's going to walk up and buy our house. That's literally, somebody's just going to walk up and buy our house. And I'm like, okay. Literally, someone walked up. At the same time all of this is going on in the, the church, someone walked up and bought our house. What, what do you want for it? Wasn't for sale, just wanted to buy it. We move into another house. We're there for three months. Someone drops a letter into our mailbox, says, I want your house. Call me. Name your price. And so I did. And they paid it. No negotiation. All of these, I could go on and on and on and on. And I don't want to like say these things in any shape, form, or fashion to impress you. I could care less about that, uh, genuinely. But I do care about impressing upon you the idea that God can radically change your life. That you may be here right now, but with God's favor on your life, it can remove all the trouble from your life and take you from a pit over into Potiphar's house and take you from a prison and set you all the way into a palace. Not for pleasure, but for the purpose of God that is on you. You can see an acceleration of God's favor. Make it happen. Uh, and so out of these things, like when I think about the favor of God, you know, growing and the favor of God coming on something, I've always known that the favor of God can grow. It can increase and decrease in measure. And an example of that is something that I pray over my kids. Let's go over there and look at it in Luke chapter 2. Hold your place because we'll go back to um, um, Genesis. But look, look here in Luke 2. And verse number 52, I pray this over my kids often and over your kids too if they go to word of life. But look at this. It says in Luke 2 and 52, Jesus kept, kept, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature, and watch this, and in favor with God and man. Uh, so notice the connection here, in favor with God and in favor with man. So God is watching Jesus, and he's growing in favor, meaning I can do more for him. And he's growing in favor with man, meaning man is doing more for him. And so in your life, you can have more or less of the favor of God on your life. So my question has always been, and I didn't know the answer to it until recently, how do you get more of the favor of God on you? Um, like, is it, does it just come on you like it came on Joseph just for any old reason? Uh, does it, it come on you, um, just, just come on you because God likes you and you're the son of God like Jesus and it's like, oh, he's going to need some of that? How does the favor of God come on you? And so in my own life, when God gives you a word, you give yourself to the word. This is why for so many pre people, prophecy does not come to pass in their life because they don't war good warfare with the prophecies that came on them. And so just because God said it doesn't mean it's going to, to just happen in your life. You've got to get in agreement with God's word. His word comes to the earth. Prayer returns it unto him. And when it is returned unto him, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. So when you got God speaking it and you got you getting in agreement with God, you have created something powerful on the earth. So when God gives you a word, get your mouth pointed in the same direction. And whatever you do, don't speak against what God has spoken over you. 
Get your mouth in agreement with what God has said, and you'll see a miracle. And so out of that, I'm working with, with what God has said. I'm like, okay, I'm going to increase in favor. And immediately I'm like, how? What does this look like? And so the other day I'm going through my phone and I'm like pulling up all these messages that used to speak to me and I'm actually going through Safari and I have a list of things that I've saved and I was looking at things that I'd saved for gifts for, and ideas for people that I love and know. And I saw this message and I'm like, okay, I'll listen to it. And I didn't even know it was on the favor of God, but I, I remembered like, okay, I remembered liking that message, so I'll listen to it. And so I clicked on the message just in my favorite box in Safari and it's this guy getting up talking about the favor of God. I had never heard of this man before, ever. But I just knew, like when I heard him preach, I'm like, yes. And he's not a preacher. He's actually like a diplomat. And God has opened up his life with all of these presidents and all of these prime ministers and like all of these powerful people uh, to connect with them uh, and to introduce them into a relationship with God in really phenomenal ways. And so in the message, he gets up and tells story after story after story after story. And he's teaching on the favor of God, that the favor of God is there for purpose. And he illustrates through these stories how the purpose of God was accomplished and fascinating. And so he talks about, he's like, now I want to tell you how you can have the favor of God come on more of your life. And as soon as he said, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, because this is what I'm looking for. And he's like, if Jesus grew in favor, you need to have the DNA of Jesus. If Joseph had the favor of God, you need the DNA of Joseph. If David, David had the favor of God on him, he, he, he got left in a sheepfold. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. The favor of God was on his life. He could not wear Saul's armor. It didn't matter. The favor of God was on his life. And it exalted him. It lifted him. Not just for pleasure, but for purpose. And so he said, anytime you see the favor of God, you've got to look at the DNA of the men and women uh, who were operating in it. And he said, I want you to notice something about all of those men and all of those people that the favor of God was on in Scripture, they were great forgivers. They were great forgivers. And he says, if you want to be operating in the favor of God, you've got to be great at forgiving. And he shared his story. His father was an alcoholic. And he said, you know, there are, are nice drunks and there are mean drunks. He said, my, my father was a mean drunk. And he said he hated um, people who weren't his skin color. And one of those he really hated was Jewish people. And he said that was incredibly ironic because my mom was Jewish. And he said every Friday night, he would go out and he would get drunk and he would come home and he would beat my mother. He said, I very seldom ever remember my mother in anything but sunglasses because she was hiding the wounds that he afflicted upon her face. He said, one night as a little boy, I sat there on the steps listening to him beat my mother. And he said, I just hollered out, stop, as loud as I could. And he said, my father not only beat my mom, but he beat me often. 
But this was the worst beating I'd ever got when I finally stood up to him and said, stop. He picked me up by my throat and he held me up and he said, that's the last thing I remember. I went unconscious. He said, I thought I died, honestly, but I woke up in a pool of my own vomit. He said, I looked in the mirror. He said, I never will forget it. I saw his, my father's handprint around my throat. And he said, in that moment, he said, I just broke down and cried and prayed. And he said, God, if you're real, why did you put me on this earth? And why did you put me in this home? And why did you put my mom here? And why won't you make this stop? He said, at that moment, he said, the door opened. I saw somebody walk in. He said, I got afraid because I thought it was my father. I thought he heard me. And he said, I saw a hand reach forward, and I just covered up because I thought it's my father about to beat me again. And he said, nothing happened. So when I looked up, I saw there was a hole through the hand. And he said, it was the Lord Jesus. And he told me, son, you are loved. And I, what's he doing? He's giving him the dream because... The favor of God doesn't matter if you don't have the dream. The favor is for the dream. He said, son, among other things, I have called you to be a person of peace and to bridge people together who seem like they are so far apart. I have ordained you for this mission in this life and have equipped you to do it. That is why you are here. And he said it so marked him of seeing the Lord that way. Of course it would any of us. But he said one of the things the Lord told him as he progressed that if you need, if you were going to walk in this, you're going to need the favor of God. And you know how you get it? You're going to have to forgive your radical hurts with radical forgiveness. you're going to have to forgive with radical forgiveness. The favor of God follows those who forgive radically. What was Jesus? He was a forgiver. The greatest forgiver who ever walked on the planet. What was David? He was a forgiver. Saul could throw spears at him. He forgave him. Forgiveness, a couple of years ago, I was really wrestling with a deep hurt. Now, I've been hurt... Um, many times in my life, nothing like what he went through. But nevertheless, all of our hurts, you know, are, are different. And none of them are to be lightly esteemed because they all affect us differently. And this one just bothered me. And it bothered me for a while because no matter how much I forgave it, it just kept coming back. And I didn't understand it. It just seemed so unfair. And it was a situation where I was being very good to someone, but in spite of me being very good to them, they were being very bad to me, hurting me, wounding me. And um, it bothered me. And so I talked to the Lord a lot about it because I, I know forgiveness is key. And so I, I would talk to him a lot about it and just said, like, Lord, I sense this unforgiveness in my heart. I know it's not uh, you. I know it's something I need to let go of. 
and I know that just as you have forgiven me, I need to forgive them. But this just keeps coming back. They keep, they keep hurting me. And this was a person that I didn't feel like I could just cut out of my life or separate myself from. And so out of this, it was just this interesting thing. And the Lord spoke to me something. We're, we're here in Luke. Let's go look at it. In Luke chapter 6, in verse number 35, he spoke to me about this verse. Luke 6 and 35. But love your enemies and do good and give expecting nothing in return. Watch this. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the evil men. Now notice that. And your reward will be great. I read that and the Lord spoke to me. He said, there's a reward you get from loving your enemy that you can't get any other way. There's a reward you get from loving your enemy that you can't get any way. There's a specific reward attached to loving an enemy, to blessing those who curse you. There's a reward linked to that. And when he spoke that to me, I just received that as truth. And I didn't know what the reward was, but I made a decision that night. Okay, if there's a reward I get from loving an enemy that I can't get any other way, bring it on, enemy. Like, bring it on. I'm going to outlove you every time it comes. And this was before this season of all these things happening in the life, for me personally and for the church. Um, and, and I see like that favor kind of came and, and it almost makes me a little nervous of like the Lord telling me I'm about to increase in favor. I'm like, there must be a real big enemy out there somewhere, like something. Um, but there is a blessing that's attached to this. Go over. I don't want, I know I'm going long. It's okay. You'll be fine. Uh, go, go over to, um, first Peter, first Peter chapter three. I, I want you to see this scripturally. Don't take my word for it. Uh, let's look at the Word of God. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. To sum it all up, see this is Peter. He's summing it up but goes on for another chapter and a half. To sum it all up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, humble in spirit. Watch this in verse 9. Not, everyone say not, not, not returning evil for evil. We don't return evil for evil. We don't return insult for insult. But what do we do? But giving a blessing instead. We love our enemies. This is the way of Christ. This is the way of favor. We love our enemies. For you were called for that very purpose. Watch, watch, watch. That you might inherit a blessing. Now notice he said, if you love, Jesus said in Luke 6, if you love your enemies, your reward will be great. There's a reward you get from loving your enemies you don't get any other way. Here it's also said in, 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 in 1 Peter, but giving blessing instead that you might inherit a blessing. Watch the blessing. For the one that desires life, the one that desires life to love and see good days. That sounds like favor to me. To love and see good days. Must keep his tongue from evil. Must keep his lips from speaking guile. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. 
For the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, here's what's interesting. The context of that, that verse, the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, is not he's against the people who have done evil to you. The context of that verse is the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Is when people do evil to you, you hold it against them, therefore mimicking their evil. And out of this, when you operate in radical forgiveness, it opens up a blessing you cannot get any other way. And what is the blessing? You will love your life. What is the blessing? You will see good days. What is your blessing? It will open up the windows of heaven so that the stuff you're praying about, you begin seeing happening in your life. Amen. That you may inherit a blessing. Radical forgiveness equals radical favor. Radical forgiveness equals radical favor. If you want the favor of God on your life, you've got to be radical in your forgiveness. Go back over to Joseph. I'll close with this. Watch Joseph in Genesis. Genesis, and let me find it here. Genesis 43. Joseph finally sees his brothers, the ones who beat him, the ones who wanted to kill him. The only reason why they didn't kill him is one brother said, don't kill him. The ones who sold him into slavery, the ones who tried to ruin his life, he finally sees the ones who have hurt him. And watch what he does here. Genesis 43 and verse 26. When Joseph came home, they brought into the house to present him which was in their hand and bowed to the ground before him. And then he asked them about their welfare. Now they didn't know that it was Joseph they're talking to. Is your old father well of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? They said, your servant, our father is well. He had gone all these years without seeing his father because of what these brothers had done to him. They bowed down in homage. Verse 29. And he lifted up his eyes and he saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son. And he said, is this your youngest brother of whom you spoke of to me? And they said, may God be gracious to you, my son. Now watch this in verse 30. Watch his pain. So Joseph hurried out for he was deeply stirred over his brothers. And he sought a place to weep and he entered into his chamber and he wept there. Do you, do you see this man's pain? It is incredibly real what his brothers have done to him. And I don't want you to think that like when you're forgiving and blessing enemies, you are minimizing what they did to you. It is it's not coming into this place where you're acting like it didn't happen. You're acknowledging that it did happen, but because of the blood of Jesus, you were able to forgive it anyway. That you are not going to return evil for evil. You're not going to curse them. You're not going to gossip about them. You're not going to, to, to act sharply towards them. You're not going to tell other people about them. You're not going to sit there and complain about it. You're going to bless them in the name of the Lord. You're going to pray for them. And in doing that, you may be weeping deeply over the pain that they have caused you. 
But if you are willing to look upon these brothers anyway and to be gracious and forgiving to them, I'm telling you, it releases. One of the phrases we read in Peter was be harmonious. When something is in harmony, you've got a part that's singing and you choose to compliment it. And when you come in and you play that part next to them, I'm telling you, you're releasing something in the spirit that Satan cannot stop. It is a powerful force of good in your life. It is potent, it is powerful, and it is big enough in your life to remove you from the pain of the season you're in and bring you into a place where you are fruitful. When Joseph finally tells his brothers who he is, they think that he is going to murder them. He's in a position where he could, but you know what this boy did? He gathered them up into his arms. He held them. He embraced them. He kissed them. Why? Because the DNA of favor is radical forgiveness. But you can't have radical forgiveness without some radical pain. This guy who was teaching on this, he said, at the end of his father's life, the Lord had it where he not only led him to Jesus, but he was taking care of him. And I don't know how all of these things work, honestly. And these stories of amazing love and forgiveness and the lives of people. But I do know from firsthand experience the word of God and through what I've seen through it that there is a blessing you get from loving an enemy that you absolutely will not get any other way. And if you want to love your life and if you want to see good days and you want the Lord's ears open to your prayers, the only way is radical forgiveness that releases radical favor. And so I don't know who's hurt you, and I don't know what, what exactly you're dealing with. I don't want to minimize your pain and act like it's nothing. I want you to feel every inch of that pain. And I want you, like Joseph, to take it unto the Lord in worship tonight. And I just want you to make up your mind that that pain will not have you, that in the land of your affliction, the Lord can bless you. That right in the place where the enemy tried to hurt you is the very place the Lord can bless you in. And make a decision to see that forgiveness come into your heart tonight for your enemy to get you into a place where you can walk through the open door when God brings it into your life. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person tonight. And Father, I just thank you that you give us the, the courage to forgive anyone for anything. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
whether it's the wounds of a friend, or the pain of a family member, or the betrayal of someone that we loved, honored, and admired. Father, I thank you that where sin does abound, grace does so much more. And Father, I thank you that every single heart is healed tonight by the power of your spirit and the greatness of your name. Every single heart is healed. Father, tonight we forgive those who have wounded us. We forgive those that our heart has been holding grudges against. We forgive those who have talked about us. We forgive those who have betrayed us and abused us. Father, we say the weight of their sin against us will no longer have any bearing or control over our lives. We forgive, Father. We forgive. I forgive, Lord Jesus. Just say that tonight. Say, I forgive anyone for anything I forgive anyone for anything I forgive everyone for everything I forgive them I forgive them Lord Jesus we forgive them Let's worship the Lord tonight.